You know, these, these people, are, these, these individuals are so incredible in their life and what, and what they do. It's somehow, it's like I start to put them on a shelf and they're over here and they're kind of out of the realm of real life for me. They're kind of mythical kind of, you know, individuals, right? If you think about Enoch, it says that Enoch walked with God. I don't know about you, but I have yet to do that. Where I can say, you know, honestly, me and God walking, talking, it was incredible. I'm like, okay, that's, I don't know if I can relate to what Enoch had um, experienced there. Maybe it was, you know, we looked at Noah a couple weeks ago. It said that Noah was righteous and blameless. And I'm like, ooh, it's a little bit distant for me as well. You know, what, what ends up happening is, is that we do, we end up putting these individuals at arm's length. And I think we miss the message. We miss, the, we, we miss what God is trying to communicate to us through the scriptures. Okay. We can put those lessons and, those, and, and what God, the wisdom that he is trying to instill in us, put that at arm's length as well. And I want to encourage you as we uh, jump into the story of Abram, later be called Abraham, that you try to keep that, bring that a little bit closer. I think today's passage is going to show that he's a little bit more like you and me than what we would have thought previously. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 11. Now today's title is called out. Turn there in Genesis chapter 11. Let's start in verse 27. It says, This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. While, the, uh, while his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the, of the Chaldeans, in the land of his birth. Abraham and Nahor both married. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Melachi. Still, uh, she was the daughter of Haran, and the father of both Melachi and Iskai. Now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson, um, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of the son of Abram, and together they set out for Ur of the, Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And we'll stop right there. Now we see here that Abram is called out by God. You know, Abram is, he's, he's a man just like you and me. He's an individual just like you and me. But yet he is called out. Yeah. But I... When I read this passage, I, I got to ask myself, well, what makes him so special? Right? So let's, let's take a look at what the scripture here, and we read a bunch of, we read a bunch of stuff that you might say to yourself, okay, that was Abraham's family. It's given us a lot of background, a lot of stuff that I don't know if I really need to know. Does it really apply to anything? There's a lot in there that we're going to take away. All right. Come on. So here's Abram. Let's see what the Bible says about him. It says that Terah, that was the name of his father, was actually named after the moon. 
What this tells us, and we also hear in Joshua 24, was that Terah and Abraham's family actually worshipped false gods. We, I think sometimes we, we look at Abram and we could say, you know, he was from a great family, a family that worshipped God and they were faithful. That's not what we see here in the scriptures. In fact, Abram was just like everybody else, worshipping false gods, not listening to God. We also see that after we got to hear about the Tower of Babel last week, and God's command to them was to scatter and to go. And we start to see that his family is still living in Ur, which is Babylon. They didn't actually go. It says they went halfway and settled. They didn't go to the land of Canaan. So we see here that his family, again, not obeying God. This is the household that he is raised up in. But then we also see that there's this ominous kind of note attached that the writer really puts in there to tell us this is the family situation. This is the situation of God and his people. It says that Sarai or Sarah was childless. Now, why it says this is that back then you got to imagine your part of your legacy. And the number one thing was to have children so that you could pass on your possessions, your land onto that child. And we see that Sarah is childless. There is a spiritual and a physical dead end in the line of Abram. There is hopelessness. That's what this passage describes to us. That there is no hope for Abram, for his family. It is at a dead end. But this is who Abram was before getting called by God. He was at a dead end. He was hopeless. Without God, he was nothing. When you think about even ourselves and who we are before we were called. Now, our lives are nothing special. Your mom lied to you. You were not that special. I hate to break it to you. Yet he calls you. He calls you out even though you worship the false gods of the world and yourself. Even though you worship the idol and put yourself up on a pedestal and pray to it every day. Yet He calls you out. You you yourself did not listen to God. Halfway would be gracious, wouldn't it? We didn't listen to God whatsoever before we were called by God. We lived for ourselves. We gratified our own sinful nature. But yet He calls us out. For it to be said that we were at a spiritual dead end, again, it's gracious. We were going nowhere. We were literally dead in our sins. You know, I think about my own life before I was called by God. I literally lived for self. Every day, what I was focused on was self. I want, it was all about me pleasing me and my needs and my wants. And if somehow you got in my way, I might look at you nice, smile nicely. But I had what I wanted in my mind. Right. And you just stood in my way. I was willing to use you, to lie to you, to cheat, to get what I needed and what I wanted. And I'm sure for many of us, that is probably exactly who we were before we met God. Yeah. Before we were called out by God. You know, because this call is what gives us hope. 
Because before God, before we were even called out by God, our lives were hopeless. But it's incredible to think that Abram gets this call from God, even though his family's a mess, even though he's a mess, just like you. You were a mess going nowhere. But yet God extends this gracious call to you. And Abraham was not qualified to do what God was about to ask him to do. Let's just be honest. You are not qualified to do what God is wanting you to do. There's nothing you've done in your life. But yet God's call qualified Abraham and and qualifies you as well. It's literally as if God is coming down and saying to you, I choose you. I'm calling you out of the world. I'm calling you out of your family mess and your family line. I'm choosing you. I'm calling you out. I love sitting down studying the Bible with with the teens. And uh, one of the things that I hear a lot from the teens, my wife and I have the privilege of working with the teen ministry here in the um, Hampton Roads Church, is they all seem to want to have one of these moments like Abraham. You know, where they're like, well, only if God were able to come down to me, stand there and say, I have faith in you, I have plans for you, and I'm going to make you a great nation. They'd be like, I'd be all over following God. I'd sign up. I'm like, I'd be right there. And maybe you thought the same thing, right? If God physically came down, sat with me across the table at a Starbucks, and we had a deep conversation, he laid it all out on the line, I would be willing to go. There would be no, no question, because I'm that faithful. Yeah. <laughs> right, but it says in Thessalonians that we are called by the word. Yeah. All of us have been called. If you're sitting here today, you have been called by God. Yeah, through his word, through his spirit, through even perhaps the individual that invited you out. We have all been called. And this call interrupts our life. I think about what Abraham was doing. He was going along his business, following in his father's footsteps, probably just enjoying life, not really thinking about God and what God wanted. And yet God drops in, interrupts his life and calls him out. The same thing for you and I. Let's keep on reading here in chapter 12 and verse 1. Let's see what this call is. And in verse 1 it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. Interesting how God says he's going to make your name great. Remember before in Babel, they wanted to make a name for themselves. Now God's saying, I'm going to make your name great. It says, I will bless you in verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on earth will bless you, will be blessed through you. So Abraham went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old, and when he set out from Haran, when he set out from um, Haran, he took his wife Sarah and his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had um, accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abraham traveled to the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moriah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites and there were at that time the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, "To your offspring I will give this land." So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills 
east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord and called in the name of the Lord. Then Abraham set out and continued towards the <coughs> Negev. Sorry. Now this is a radical call that Abram experiences. In the King James Version, what God tells him to do is to flee from me. That's the better translation. It says not just leave. He says, you got to run. you got to flee. And he tells Abram to leave his land, his country, his people, and his family. Now at this time, this would have been an impossible request for a man of this day and age. For him to get up and to leave his land. To leave his, all of his possessions, his inheritance, what his family had worked for for generations. To leave what was comfortable and familiar to him. To leave everything behind. And to set out to a new land. This isn't like you and me where we're kind of used to loading up the U-Haul, packing it up and heading out. Back then people did not do that. They might move from site to site within their, on their own property. But, you, but for you to take everything you have and to go was quite different. So Abraham, we see, is called out by God. He's called out to leave his identity, the land, his legacy, his people, his family. He's called to leave his comforts, everything that he has known and everything that he has been taught. He's been called out to leave his security. His inheritance. Everything that he has worked for. You can imagine the conversation. Let's just say hypothetically. What Abram would have here. With God. You know he could say. You know God. My father Terah. He went about halfway. You know we're not living. Near the tower of Babel anymore. We've, we've kind of made some steps closer. To you. We're obeying a little bit, aren't we? You know, God, I hear you about this false God thing. You know, I, I think I'll stop doing that for a little bit. I'll stop worshiping false gods. We will turn to you. You know, but right now, God, I got everything set up just the way I want. I got that lawn. It's growing in. You wouldn't believe how hard it is to grow grass here, God. But I got it going on. I've been working hard. Sarah's got those countertops. She just put them in. She just put them in, God. We were working hard for that one. It's looking all nice. You know, I got all my family. You know, I see you're offering me a lot, but come on. It's kind of my last choice. I got some other guys I'd rather take with me. I don't want to leave my whole family, God. If I go, I'm going to be giving up all that I have. And I don't know if I can walk away from that. We see that Abraham is called out, called to walk away from everything. I think, honestly, that scares us a little bit. That idea scares us to be able and to be willing to walk away from everything. We see what's kind of on the table. That God is asking, you walk away from everything. Your job. That's what it takes. Walk away. The timing may not be perfect in your life. You got a lot of parts and pieces moving that you've been working for a while to get them to line up just right and God interrupts it. 
You have to reorganize your priorities. Perhaps you won't be able to do the things that you love doing every day. You may not be able to partake in the events and hang out with the individuals that you would want to. And you may have to leave family and friends. You may have to abandon truths that you've been taught as a child. You may be confronted with the scriptures and you have to decide whether or not you're going to listen to God. Or you continue to listen to the false gods of this world. Because you're being called out by Jesus. Let's actually look here at Luke 9. Here's what Jesus says for our call. In Luke 9 verse 24, it says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit their very self? Sounds quite familiar to the call of Abraham, doesn't it? Further down, in verse 62, you guys want to turn the other right here on the slides. Jesus said to them, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. God says, if you're going to go, you've got to go. That's right. Being called out. In Luke 14, in verse 33, it says, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciple. Being called out is quite clear. From God here in the Old Testament to Jesus in the New Testament. That what He is asking you to do and what you need to be willing to do is to leave everything. That is the call of the hour. And this, like I said, is a scary proposition to put in front of you. But this is what it's going to take in order for you to be a disciple. I remember I was 16 years old when I uh, became a baptized disciple of Jesus. And I remember... You know, during the day of being really excited, obviously, all of you have been baptized for it. No, remember that moment, just the, just the excitement. Just kind of waiting for the fact that, man, all my sins are about to be stripped away, and I'm going to stand new, clean, fresh before God. Amen. I remember that. But I also remember waking up the next morning. It was a Monday morning. I got baptized on a Sunday. Monday morning, I remember I was going to have to go back to school. It was during, during the school year here, and... I remember waking up and literally looking into the mirror and being scared. I remember thinking about, what did I just do? What did I just give up? Am I really ready to live my life being called out by God? Being willing to go and to give up everything every day to lose my identity. No longer about Jeff, but about God. Am I willing to leave my life of comfort no longer pleasing myself, but going after the will of God? Am I ready to do that? And i got to be honest with you guys. I was scared. It was not that zeal and excitement that was 12 hours earlier had faded. The reality had set in. This is the call of the hour. Now for a lot of you, the call is going to be uncomfortable. Brace yourself. Get ready because it's coming. Some of you have been ignoring it for a while, dodging it, living a comfortable life, thinking that somehow I am answering the call of Jesus and being able to do all that I want to do. Radical Christianity, that's for somebody else. I'm about just loving God. It's between me and Him. It's in my heart. 
But we see with Abraham, it's an outward sign that he is moving, willing to give up everything. It's going to get uncomfortable. The challenge is that you've got to be willing to take yourself off the throne. You've got to be willing to take yourself off the throne and to allow God to take his rightful seat as Lord of your life. In verse 4, encouraging note, we see that Abraham went. He just goes. There's no argument. He doesn't ask, where am I going? What am I doing? How long will it take? 400 mile journey. Just goes. Packs up everything. Family. Everything. And goes. What about you? Are you willing to go? And to do everything for God. I'm not talking about you necessarily living, moving over to China to become a missionary. That's not exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. If God calls you to do that, go ahead and go. The world does need to be evangelized. There is a mission out there. We're going to talk about that in here in a minute. Come on. I'm talking about you just being willing to leave your comfortability. Yeah. Come on. He doesn't ask where he's going to go or why he has to go. He just goes. What about you today? He surrenders his identity, his security, and his will. What about you today? God is calling you out. Out of your comforts. Christianity should put you on the edge. It should make you feel a little uncomfortable. If it's lost that, dare I say, perhaps, maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you've pulled back a little bit. There is no halfway unless you're willing to unconditionally follow And unless you're personally willing to answer the call from Jesus to follow me. And we see, like I said, that Abraham goes. He's willing to go the 400 miles. And I love this part. I love this part of this call of Abraham. As he's going, he stops along the way and sets up these altars. Now these altars aren't just in random places. The tree of Mora is where they would worship pagan gods. And where he sets up the other one there, next to the hills, uh, east of Bethel, this is another holy place. And so what is he doing? He's setting up an altar for the Lord in broad daylight. Saying, you know what? God's coming. God is taking this land back. I'm setting up God's name. In this land. You worshipped your false gods. You felt like they ruled this land. This is God's kingdom. And he's coming for it. I can imagine Abram building them. And others walking along and saying. What is that guy doing? What is he building over there? What is his altar? And Abram just stacking up the stones. Building his altar to the Lord. Letting everybody know. That God is the real God. And God is, com- God is coming. Now, this is the Lord's country. And He's willing to reclaim it for Him and for His kingdom. And what this kind of brings to mind for me is World War II. You know, there's this moment where, you know, the soldiers here at um, Iwo Jima take back this island. And they're planting the American flag right there and saying, this is taken back. The enemy has taken it, we're grabbing it back. And guess what? That's exactly what God has called you to do. To take back your office for the kingdom of God. To take back your schools. 
to take back your streets, to plant that flag right there and say, this is God's kingdom. He's calling you out and saying, this is your mission. If you've got to build a little altar on your desk and stand up with one leg on your desk and plant the flag in there and say, I'm taking this back to the kingdom, then you go for it. But God is saying, this is what I've called you to do. To reclaim the kingdom of God for me. See that's in Matthew 28 where Jesus gives us the charge that you've got to go out there and make disciples of all nations. God is calling you out to reclaim the world for His kingdom. And He's not calling you to do this in the darkness. For you to cowardly do this. Yeah. Gotta imagine Abraham, like I said, setting up this altar for everybody to see. He's called you to do the same thing. For you to open your mouth. And for you to proclaim the kingdom of God. He's calling you out. But like Abram, we have a choice. Either to stay in security. To stay in safety. Stay in comfort. Or to take that step out there. And to really proclaim the kingdom of God. To be willing to be called out. You know, for myself, you know, it's interesting. As I go out to share my faith, I'm all pumped up, right? Yeah. As you know, you you kind of get it in your mind, like, hey, today I'm doing it. I haven't shared my faith yet today. I'm going out there. I'm going to the store. First person I see, I'm going for it. First person you see, like, oh, they're they're a little busy. I know what I feel like if I get interrupted, just kind of like, you know, being like Jesus, trying to think of others, you know. And then I'm like, you know, going along and I'm like going through Home Depot and I'm like, man, I got somewhere to be in about five minutes. I got to go here. Okay, well, you know what? I'm going to go to the cashier line. I'm going to, they have to look at me and talk to me. So I'm just going to go talk to them, share my faith with them. That's what I'm going to do on the way out. I'm going there and I'm like, okay. Here I am, I'm checking out. Oh, there's a line behind me. I don't want to hold up all these people. This cashier probably gets rated on how fast they check out people. I don't want to ruin... I used to be a cashier. I don't want to ruin their you know, potential to get a raise. I'm going to be gracious like Jesus. Let them do it. You know, on the way out to my car, if there's someone in my way, I'm going to stop them. I start walking out to the car and I'm like, oh, it's just so cold out here. Everybody's running inside, and I'm like trying to get to the car, you know. And I'm there, oh, I'm, I'm at my car. I gotta take a look at myself and say, Am I really proclaiming the kingdom of God? Am I really going out there? Am I really allowing myself to be called out and to proclaim the kingdom of God? What about you in your workplace? What kind of excuses have you made? What about when you just go to the store? There's that super intimidating person in the grocery store. She's like 85. She's really intimidating, right? <laughs> and what about you and your, and your kid's sports team? Are you proclaiming the kingdom of God? Are you being willing to be called out? But you just walk around the streets of Virginia Beach. Are you proclaiming the kingdom of God? Are you willing to take back what is His? God is sending you out. It's interesting here, we see that God ties the idea of being blessed 
with you blessing others. He says, those two are tied together really closely. He says, hey, I'm going to bless you, Abram. Don't you worry about that. But you know what? There's another flip side to this. I'm sending you out so you can be a blessing to others. You know, we ourselves become a vessel for blessing other people. When we go out there and we're willing to share the kingdom of God and share that message that God has put on your heart. Then we become a blessing because guess what? We're allowing them to be called out. We're allowing them to be called out of the darkness. We're allowing them to be called out and to hear the truth. But if you keep your mouth shut, you're withholding the blessing of God and and of the kingdom. We cannot forget that we are meant to be a blessing to this world. So if you're not out there retaking the world for God and His kingdom... If you're not willing to be a blessing for the world, then can you really call yourself a Christian? Are you really answering the call? And are you willing to be called out? I like to imagine what Abram's family would have thought about him leaving. Now what that conversation would have been like as he tells them, you know what, I'm taking everything, I'm going. I'm leaving it all behind. I know dad wanted us to be here for a while. I'm, I'm gone. I gotta go. It's probably the same thing that people think about you. That's right. Yeah. When you tell them, hey, I want to do anything, go anywhere, and I'm all about the mission of God. Yeah. They probably looked at him like he was crazy, just like they look at you. Like you're crazy. Right. That is, Abram explains, and as you've explained to me, I got a call from God to live for him. To unconditionally follow and to proclaim the kingdom of God. But you can take security in the fact that Christ has been there before. That Jesus laid down his identity. Gave up his comfort and his security for you. So that you can take security in what he has done for you. And that for you, that you can go out and proclaim the kingdom of God in his name. So all of us have been called out. Called out of your old life. Called out of your own identity, your comfort and security. Called out just like Abram by God himself this morning. And if God were to call you out, this is probably what he'd say. He'd say, you got to leave your identity. I'm going to give you a new one. You got to leave your comfort. From now on, I will be your comfort. Amen. You got to leave all your security. Only I give true security. You've been called out. Follow me and prepare the world that I am coming to retake my kingdom. Amen. So, church, let us answer the call yeah. and let us go because we have been called out by God. Thank you. Amen. Amen.